this topic. I don't think you're gonna like this. It doesn't sound right, but so we have AI and then we have androids, right? Say in the future, if you're able to get a real female versus an android, what would you go for? Do you have a take on it? I'll let you think about it, but this is my take on it. Okay. So if you get an android, a female android. I feel like this is already going on right now in the world, but go ahead. Yeah, if, if you get a female android, the upfront cost is going to be fucking expensive, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the maintenance. And then the maintenance is constantly going to be like every couple of months like, hey, you need to upgrade my graphics card, right? All the fucking time. And then if you go rent an android, if you're renting it, that thing is getting around. So now it's just like a robo right? Mm-hmm. Or... You can pre-own. I mean, what what's your take on this? This sounds exactly like... They have this in Cyberpunk 2077. Really? Okay. Where, like, it's kind of... They're kind of like... Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. Not Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, Detroit Become Human. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. Because in Detroit Become Human, they have, like, androids that look and breathe and, like, do everything that human does. Like, they mm-hmm. have a respiratory system. They have, like, instead of blood, it's some kind of blue biomedical medical fluid that they need. Like, it's, like, blood for them. Like, without it, they die. Mm-hmm. And, like, in the game, there is, like, these women. They are There's, like, these, like, ro- android, like, prostitutes, basically. Mm-hmm. And, like, in one of the investigations, you go to, like, the brothel or whatever to, like, to hack. Not to hack one, because, like, somebody, a human died at one of the brothels. Like, someone was killed. And you're there to investigate, like, what happened. So, like, you hack into, like, the, quote, woman end quote he was with mm-hmm. and you see stuff from her point of view and it's like oh it looks like her like from her point of view like her like her like uh saved camera footage i guess you call it yeah shows like it was another like android that killed him and then there's like she fled the scene and so like but these women these android women what they do is like they have like you know they their services and then they have like a memory wipe right after mm-hmm. So they never like I guess because it's supposed to be like traumatic or whatever or like in case like they're treated like harshly, they get like a memory wipe after each time so they don't like, so they don't have like that issue like in, like you know how in Star Wars they talk about like how they have to like wipe the droids like memory or else they start to like develop a personality kind of thing. Yeah. Same thing there with in like Detroit Become Human where like, like like other than being like knowing they're like if you don't see them bleed like you cannot tell they're not human. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have, like, all the human mannerisms. You can, like, program their personalities and everything. Yeah. And, like, they'll, they'll even, like, be unaware themselves that they're, like, they, they don't they don't realize themselves are, like, actual droids and stuff, whatever. They don't realize? They know, don't they? They know, but you can make it so they don't know, though. So then it's, like... So would you be okay with that? It's, like, that unca- uncanny valley. What's that thing called? The... Is uncanny... What's the one with, like, someone's behind a locked door and they, like, communicate through, like envelopes is that the same thing or no no uncanny value is like when they look human but not quite there okay what's the one i'm thinking of where they have like where like you can communicate through like a window or a door with envelopes and you can't tell that you're not communicating with a human is that the same thing it's like the something bridge they call it right the have you heard of this i don't know which one that is. you never heard of this i'll look it up later but essentially you're okay so are you asking if i would just purchase a well, synthetic. If we're at that state where the where the AI can't recognize if it's human or not, it just thinks it is. Mm-hmm. It's mean, like perfected. Then. Yeah, and it's pretty much perfected. It behaves like a female and everything. Like the only way you could tell is if you like disassembled it. Yeah, but there's still there's still gonna be some upkeep. Oh, okay. so it's like 
you know what? At the very least, if you go with that Android, you know what you're getting into, right? Because you're going to be signing contracts. And the contract should say, like, it's kind of going to behave like this and like that. I don't think I would ever be fully comfortable with that because I'm thinking of, like, a potential, like, Skynet situation. I was thinking that, too, because what if, like you mentioned before... But then again, like, how often do you hear, like, just, like, spouses sometimes just kill each other just randomly or, like, just because they're fed up with something, so... No, but that's different because if there's, like... Okay, so if the government owns these androids to a degree, they can make the androids do all kinds of crazy shit, right? Like, what if you're... What if you're a journalist? Like they hack into my yeah. What if you're a journalist and you leak something and they hack into your Android and your Android fucking kills you, right? That sounds like I robot now. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Kind of. So there's that issue, and then you could stay with like your organic female, or what you could also do is you can have your real woman, and you can have an Android on the side. But if you have an Android on the side, it means she's got an Android. So are you okay no. with her taking some Android dick? I don't think so. No? no. I, I couldn't take that either. <laughs> so, if you're going to date somebody, probably best to stay away from the Android. I don't know. I don't know where to settle with this. Like, I like I I would want to have the wife, but also have my Android. Like, hey, babe. like You want your cake? You want to be able to eat it, too. Yeah, it's like, hey, babe. You want to go... Actually, maybe when you're old, right? Like, maybe when you're, like, 60, it's like, you know what? You do your thing, I do my thing. We're still together. We're still married. It's like when older couples, like, they have, like, separate beds kind of thing. It's like that kind of thing. Right? That's what it sounds like. Yeah, I guess. Like, remember, like, uh, like, like, uh, the Brown family, like, we know, right? Where, like, the dad, the grandfather, like, slept at the end of the hallway, and the grandma slept, like, in the other room. Mm -hmm. Kind of like that situation you're talking about, right? Well, I mean, because at the end, it's like, hey, babe, I, it's not rising you know like oh, i can't God. get it up you can get yourself an android i was thinking like as like as like a like a at home care kind of like role well, i that thought too like if yeah maybe like you a can nursing home solution or alternative yeah for sure but maybe it's a sexual thing or maybe it's like physically hey i can't i can't lift these weights we need another an assistant and since we have an assistant we can at that point i'd be willing I mean, I'm, I live that long. At that point, I'm willing to risk the Skynet situation because I, I don't have much time left anyway. So, in that case, I'm fine with it. But when I'm young or not impaired and old, then no, I'd rather not. I'd rather just have my actual like woman, woman. I think I'm gonna opt out. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm gonna opt out, and you know, there's gonna be brothels and stuff. So if you want to do that, you can get a used one. That's up to you. But I'm gonna opt out. I never buy. Uh, no. I don't like used products. Really. <laughs> I don't know either, dude. Hi, Johnny. Okay. Anyways, well, ladies and settle this. Go, go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't an AI futuristic podcast. This is the Duo Sense podcast, where myself and my host talk about video game news and video game stuff and things that we do with video games. Wait, wait sounds kind of weird, but you know what I mean. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, again to the Duo Sense podcast, coming at you from an undisclosed location in the Mojave Desert. I am your host, as always, Andrew Orozco, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause, because he's always down for the cause, never down for the count, the unnecessary one himself, Johnny. What's up? Thank you, Johnny. Thank you for that. Johnny, we have a plethora of news stories to talk about. This past week, this past week was full of stuff that happened. Uh, and we're gonna take a jab at it. We're gonna hit it with our hot takes. 
and not hot so takes. and not so hot takes. You might. I think for the most part, I think I'm gonna have a very neutral, very normal response to a lot of these stuff. But my mind, dude, my mind is just gone now. You say hot takes, and I'm thinking about hot cakes from Mass Effect and Edie. Uh, is that like a pancake? Bro, I haven't played Mass Effect like since 2013. You remember Edie though? Edie? Yes. In Mass Effect. The android, yes. The the silver android. I sent you a photo. No, maybe I didn't. <laughs> is that is that like the AI for the ship? It was the AI for the ship for the Normandy, and yeah. then they made her. They gave her an actual body. Oh, I probably didn't get that. Is it like early Mass Effect two? No, I think this was three. I didn't play three yet. Uh, I've only played one to completion and like halfway through two. I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the new like collection to get cheaper. How much is it now? I don't know, but it's probably still too high. Unless it gets like the thirty dollar mark, I'm gonna hold off. But but we do have Black Friday around the corner, Johnny. If you get it for twenty five, it came out this year, right? The game, the collection, yes. Man, that felt like last year. No, it came out this year. Yeah, but so it feels like last year. If you get the collection. If you pay like twenty five bucks and you only play three, it's worth it. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna start over from the beginning again. All right, because it's been like eight years since I played any of them. So, okay. anyways, let's go ahead, John. We have a very girthy episode ahead of us today, so let's get started. We have six different uh, topics from the past week. Uh, we're gonna talk about. Uh, Johnny, do you just want to get the state of play out of the way first, or yeah, do let's do that. Let's get to the quick points. All right, so first off. Not the strongest showing. The worst showing. I don't know. If, well, I'll try I to, think it's the worst state of play. The fact that I can't think of another state of play that was as boring tells me that that you might be right. This could be probably the worst one. Um, how many state of plays has there been? I'm trying to think. It's been like at least four at this point, right? I want to say so. I can't think of one that's more disappointing. Mm-hmm. So that, that could also just mean that they were so boring I can't remember either. But... I don't know. You seem pretty... Okay, why do you... Do you want to tell us why you feel it's so bad, or do you want to just go through the titles? Just go through the titles. All right. This goes... This is coming from the PlayStation blog, because I cannot be bothered to remember exactly which games they showed, but I do remember watching it, so... Uh, the first one they show, they open with Deathverse, Let It Die, which, from what I understand, is a sequel to another game. Uh... Uh, here's like the quick explanation. It says a multiplayer survival action game built around a reality game show in which you'll fight it out for fame, glory, and fortune. So I don't know something about the game that looked kind of interesting, but at the same time, it looked kind of janky in a way. I don't know if you saw like the action, like the combat, the way it played out. There's that noise again. It sounded, it looked kind of like Art style wise, like art direction looks interesting, but the actual gameplay doesn't look that like fluid. It looks kind of s- stiff and janky. What do you think, John? What do you think about this one? Thought about it. So the fact that you don't even remember it tells you like it wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the, at all when they showed like this big chubby guy in a tuxedo, and then I like, think all these people kind of it was like kind of like a battle royale in a way, but like smaller. No. Wow. Okay. So left zero impression on Johnny. No impression at all. Are you sure you didn't just start the stream late, maybe? No, I saw it for sure. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So there's Deathverse. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What you... Then we saw this one. This was like the artsy one where they're like in the sound booth and they're making jokes. Uh, it's like a little commercial about the awards. Sort of. We are OFK. Yeah, yeah. This one, it looks cute. It looks, okay. 
Indie pop band OFK teams up with the co-designer of Hyperlight Drifter for a new five-episodic music biopic series. So it looks like it's a video game, but it's also about this actual group, mm-hmm. indie pop band. Yeah, I re- this was the one where like they're in the sound booth, they're making like some kind of joke, and the joke kind of doesn't really land. And then it shows like this makes sense that it's like from the same person who did Hyperlight Drifter because it has like very strong like neon kind of like Easter color palette colors. And it shows, like, I think it's supposed to be, it seems like it's supposed to be, like, a narrative, kind of, like, episodic, kind of, like, Life is Strange, sort of, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah, that's the vibe I got. And, I don't know, I, some reactions I saw online were, like, oh, like, this looks cool, this looks interesting, unique. And then a lot of people were kind of, like, what is this? Yeah, that's the impression I got initially. I thought, it, was this another Sony commercial? What are they going It through? looked like a commercial, right? Yeah. The way they were kind of making, like, self-deprecating like jokes and, like... Yeah. The transition wasn't like it was pretty seamless to where like oh this looks like it's like because Sony does this weird thing sometimes like where they start to plays with these weird sort of like yeah the symbols and they're all like abstract at, there you go abstract kind of commercials like remember that one we they did for um the the last one not it wasn't E three but the one they did after E three where it started off with like the chess set in real life kind of thing people I, running through the streets and we're like what is going on here right I thought it was an extension of that. It, that's well yeah i I saw this i'm like is this a commercial is this setting up for something like nope that's the game like oh well that feels underwhelming mm-hmm. so i mean i want to wait for reviews on that doesn't look like my type of thing although i love life is strange i i do i think i really enjoy narrative like episodic content like telltale games or like i mentioned life is strange but it has to it has to grab me first of all like the games i mentioned grab me this doesn't this feels like a very promote self-promotional kind of thing and it doesn't grab me so i don't know we'll see maybe it's unique if it's unique enough i might take a jab at it and then we saw dlc for bug snacks the isle of big snacks a game i still have not played uh this kind of looks interesting some people have explained to me without spoiling but they don't understand like how this can happen considering the ending of the game so that kind of tells me, like, is the ending of the game, like, definitive or something? Because people are like, how is this possible given the ending of the game? So, like, people, not sure what that means. This is weird. People do like this game, though, right? From what I understand, like, my friend Miko mentioned, like, this game is actually a lot darker than it looks. Mm-hmm. That it's all cutesy and stuff and bubbly on the cover. But, like, supposedly it's actually a really dark game at its core. I'm kind of interested. I was already kind of interested in Bugsnacks, but if they do like a Game of the Year edition that has like the full game plus like this as like DLC and like bundle it together for like a good price, I'll dive in. I will dive in. As of now, uh, as a standalone DLC and I still have to like buy the game, I'm not too, it doesn't grab me that way. But this looks like a cutesy game that I might come back to it like once it drops in price. What do you think, Johnny? Would you try Bugsnacks? There's only some ray tracing I might try it. If there's some ray tracing? Yeah, that's never going to happen. Oh, I was like, I don't know if that's in the budget. Okay. (laughs) Then we got to Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, which looks like it's like the first person. Another first person. uh, It says, find out out how to evade prowling animatronics in the most ambitious Five Nights at Freddy's yet out this December. So that comes out next month, Johnny. As someone who is not a big fan of the Five Nights at Freddy's games, uh, I'm not into like like the... we call it the jump scares and stuff like that. This doesn't really do a whole lot for me. I'm not the I'm not the targeted audience for this. This is more like for somebody like in their late teens, maybe. 
this is the kind of thing where I, th- I heard somebody else mention it, I think on a tweet, where the game tries to grow up with the audience. Because, like, the people who played this game, who have, like, a fond, nostalgic, like, memory of this game, were, like, probably, like, this was, like, six or seven years ago when this game, like, the first one came out. And so that's, like, the younger the younger kids, the tweens and teens, who are now older, who this game is probably, tr- this is this game is aimed for them. This seems like the kind of game that if you were a fan of Five Nights at Freddy's this whole time, like, you're, like, still around for it. And if you're not they're trying to kind of like hey like it's not just like you know jump scares like there's like a mech and there's like a survival element where you can move around in a 3d environment because the original games are like 2d like just flat like flat scenes kind of like pre-rendered mm-hmm. scenes so i don't know what do you what do you what's your impression on this this is when we got to the state of play and it was probably like uh, 12 minutes or 13 minutes and I feel like we're fucking screwed. Like, there's no, no time for anything <laughs> significant. Honestly, I felt like if this is the halfway point, like, they're saving the good stuff for the end. That's what my thought was. No, I didn't think that because we still had a, what's it called, that got revealed before. Uh, Little Devil Inside. Oh, yeah, that was so going to be the main focus. I knew that was coming, and I was like, there's no way to fit anything else in here. That's of, like, some crazy high caliber, yeah. Right. I am surprised at how short this was of how much stuff they managed to pack in. Though. The thing is, I'm I'm not I'm not shitting on the games. The thing is, this shouldn't have been a state of play. Like, if you look at the day after this, all of this stuff is, like, way... Seems to be, like, of way more value than what you got in the state of play. Are you talking about, like, the blog stuff they showed afterwards? No, like, the trailers on the PlayStation store, on the PlayStation channel. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, you see all that stuff, I was like, why didn't they put that in the state of play, right? Mm-hmm. So this, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking, putting this in the state of play. It's uh, nice for them, for the Indies and stuff, but... You see, the, mo- the more I saw it, the more I was like, okay, good, good. We're getting like the, the, the not-so-great stuff out of the way. That's what I was thinking. Uh, we'll see how wrong I am <laughs> later. Uh, then we saw Death Store, which is a game that already came out earlier this year on PC and Xbox Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's going to come to PlayStation, I believe, next month. I could be wrong. Uh, let me just read the little short synopsis on the PlayStation blog. Journey through a dark and offbeat world as a bird with a sword in this captivating adventure. Read the PS blog post to find out how its creators using the DualSense controller's features to further immerse you in its world. So Death's Door is a game that I'm eager to try because of the people that I know who played it, they've raved about how good it is. It's supposedly like a really, really good game. I haven't played it. It's supposed to be kind of like a 2D isometric down kind of like Souls game from what I understand. I could be wrong. That's the impression that I was given. But like a lot of people who played it earlier on Xbox in the year said like, oh yeah, this is a game of the year contender supposedly. We'll see. Really? Okay. Yeah, supposedly it's really good despite it's like very like simple like appearance. Like first I've learned... In the last few years, I've learned to not judge a game just by its, like, graphics or art style, because there's some games that are, like, substantially, like, like very deep or, like, very fun experiences, even though, like, at first glance, you kind of might just kind of just, like, dismiss it. So, Death Star, I'm curious to try. Um, I forgot. I think they mentioned it comes out either at the end of this year or, like, early next year. We'll see. This was a game I was surprised wasn't already on PlayStation when it came out. So them adding it now to PS makes sense. So that's a good move on them. Then we saw by far the least, the most underwhelming game of the entire presentation. That's the Cart Rider Drift. 
What is this? This is the one where like it's just like it looks like a Mario Kart style game with like characters I've never seen before. This is the one where it looks like it's like a Mega Man looking character with a blue helmet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember it. Uh, the gameplay looks okay. Like if you're like, I don't know, twelve or whatever, <laughs> it looks like a fun game. Yeah, definitely not. It it looks like they were trying to go for like that mod nation racers kind of look, but it's a cart rider and i'm just like i'm unless you're mario party or diddy kong or like one of those like you you just you're not you're gonna fail to grab me it's on all costs isn't it i'm assuming it is but i mean this isn't gonna compete with like crash team racing or mario kart uh so the little blurb for it right here says the unreal engine 4 powered arcade racer brings its competitive and combative modes to ps4 and you haven't long to wait to try it a beta launches this december so it's not even coming out this year like fully it's just a beta comes out next month very forgettable by the looks of it. I mean, for a free beta, I might give it a try in December just to say I tried it. Yeah. But it's not something that I'm holding my breath for. Mm. What do you say? There's only like two games that are maybe for us. One of them for sure is for me. Okay. And we'll get to it. Well, no. Okay. At least two of them for sure are for me. Okay. Uh, then we see King of Fighters 15 uh, has an open beta coming. To, I think that's like PlayStation exclusive. It says SNK's fighting franchise debuts its newest fighter and announces an open beta test coming next month so i guess that's now right in november because it was written last week in october so uh i've never been a huge king of fighters fan i mean there's a few characters i do like who are like iconic just by the looks like terry yori uh mai but other than that not the biggest king of fighters fan it's cool that there's like that franchise is still around like live and kicking but fighters like fighting games in general and i just don't mix well just like rts's and me don't mix well because they're both very like systems heavy games like genres so yeah not my thing did you care do you care at all about the king of fighters johnny i played a few ones like back in the days but they need to reinvent a lot of fighting games in what ways like uh nether realms makes uh injustice and they also make more combat right which are slightly more like accessible fighting games, yeah. Yeah, they're more accessible, but it's kind of the same, the same idea. Like you put all these characters together, and they have different levels that shift around, and that's kind of it. They have like their fatalities, their finishes, all that stuff. But I wish they they do a little bit more with like the story or maybe level design where it's not so like in a box, you know. So like Dead or Alive, where you have like the evolving like stages kind of thing. Well, what I'm really trying to say is I want something akin to sub-zero anthologies oh i thought you were saying like to smash brothers where like this like the scene moves around and stuff like that's that. too i'm okay with that okay so king of fighters not scratching your itch no uh but yeah that that thing that you're talking about the level is dope like what if you're you're fighting on top of a bus and then the bus moves around the whole fucking city with all this shit happening that sounds like something you see on smash brothers yeah yeah okay so you want more visually appealing stuff happening yeah i guess all right uh then we saw this game which i barely remembered to right now uh first class trouble this was the one that looks like a 3d among us where like there's people like walking around and like there's like a i think a nurse and it's like some other character that they're kind of like mess they're like sabotaging the environment trying to kill each oh, other yeah, yeah. i think it came out on pc or something earlier in the year uh let me just read the thing here it says the Social Deception game launches into PlayStation Plus next month, so this month actually. Uh, find out how you can survive rogue AIs aboard a luxury space cruiser or as an AI, how to pass as human. 
This kind of sounds like our last pitch in a way, no? Before we even saw the state of play. Where we talked about how like you were trying to kill somebody on board of, of like a spaceship, remember? Yeah, I wish we would have uh, developed that pitch a little bit more. That was that was rough. But I would give this a try, for sure. Yeah, it's a free PlayStation Plus game this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, if it's if I'm, what I'm thinking is true, they it should be available by tomorrow, right? It's usually the first Tuesday of the month that they update the PS4. I thought it was all the way up to like the, the 4th or the 6th. That's still this week. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So that's possible. Uh, I'll try it doesn't have my real interest but i'll try again i will try just to say i tried it so and then we get to the last two games uh the one that grabbed my attention the most of course is star ocean the divine force johnny now star ocean is a series that's kind of been like dormant for the last i want to say six maybe five years the last star ocean was uh integrity and faithfulness or faithlessness and that was like 2016 2015 so we're kind of overdue for a new star ocean i'm kind of excited about this this was like for me the major reveal where i was like i saw this i saw the square enix logo and i was like oh shoot like finally we're gonna get some final fantasy 16 news and then like it showed more stuff i'm like this isn't final fantasy 16 and then i saw the triace logo like oh star ocean like okay it was kind of like a yay oh yeah kind of yay so uh I'm a semi fan of Star Ocean. I loved the first three games. Mm-hmm. Did not play the fourth one, and kind of played a little bit of the fifth one. So this would be like the sixth major one in the series. I'm hoping it's good. It looks interesting. It looks more Monster Hunterish. It looks more physical than the old than some of like the past games. Mm-hmm. Like the past games aren't are not turn based at all. Like they're the kind of games that you would like where you have to like physically make contact. Yeah, but. This looks more Monster Hunter-ish in, in, the, in the fact that you're like taking on like bigger enemies, like bigger creatures. Yeah, it does. So it kind of has my interest. And I love a good RPG, JRPG. So I'm excited about Star Ocean. Uh, it says, Square Enix marks the 25th anniversary of the sci-fi fantasy RPG series with the announcement of a new title coming to PS5 and PS4 next year. So still supporting the PS4 even into next year. Again, I get it. It makes sense. You have that established like you know console base. I get it. That's kind of that is a bit of a bummer for me. I was hoping I wanted a true next. We don't have like a solid true next gen RPG already out yet, like a JRPG. Seeing that kind of just seeing that right now for the first time kind of bums me out a little bit. Well, on a tangent, what are you expecting next gen to give you on an RPG that this one can't? Uh, better draw distance, faster loading, but four K visuals specifically to an RPG. Because that's like what I want for Spider-Man and God of War and Horizon and Uncharted. And A sense of like fluid, like kind of like what we saw with, um, what was that other one we saw from Square Enix that's coming out? Folk, not Folklore, what's it called? It begins with the F. That one with the girl that gets transported from the real world into like a magical world and we we're talking about. Oh, Forspoken. Forspoken, thank you, thank you. For, like Forspoken has like, like that draw distance and that sense of speed and like kind of mobility. I would like that to be translated kind of for RPGs as well. JRPGs in general. Okay. Yeah. Quick movements. Things that wouldn't be possible because of like hardware limitations before. So speed, loading, that kind of stuff. Gameplay wise, I don't expect much to change with the, change with the genre because I love the genre as it is. I mean, with that genre and and the power of the new engines, it'd be dope, dude. If if you don't just fight on the ground. Because a, a lot of times I see like 
you fought this giant monster or these dragons, and you always fight them on the ground. Yeah. But now, if you can climb the dragon and fly around town, that's gonna be without amazing. like having like stuttering or like FPS issues. Poppins and like that would be dope. You're right. That would be dope. Kind of like a Shadow of the Colossus, if like with like unlimited like resources. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. And then last but not least, Johnny, we got Little Devil Inside. Uh, it says, get an extended look at this Victorian-like era action-adventure showcasing gameplay and its intriguing miniature-like world map. This game looks beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Even, like, when you show, like, the world map from above, like, the, the textures and, like, the style look really, really nice. Uh, it looked, it look, like, polished. Like, they spent time on it. The trees, you can see, like, the individual leaves. It looks like something that's being made with a lot of care and attention. Um, I don't have much more to say about it, except I'm looking forward to it. After I saw this trailer, I sort of lost interest. Like what? I, I still want to play it, but the first trailers I saw for it, there, there was a ton of action. Right. It looked very silly. It, it looked. It still kind of looks silly. Yeah, but this they they opened it up with you're walking with the sky, and that was okay. But then it shows you a map where you have to drive around. And mm-hmm. I felt like oh, this is a fucking drain. This really? Map. Yeah, kind of. I didn't get that, that at all. Film. It made me want to know more about the world. I'm like, I want to explore it. It looks like fun, like visually interesting. Yeah, it dropped it down a few for me, but wow. I still want to play it though. Well, that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, I'm very excited to play it. Uh, I guess we don't. Did they give us a release date for that one, right? I feel like they didn't. They just said next year, right? Yeah. I think so. All right, so that was the. Uh, very short. Let's see. How many games was that? I'm curious now. I'm look at it real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Wow. They squeezed ten games into that 20 minute presentation. That's like two every minute. That's like one every two minutes. It felt like that. It felt like that. Because some games were given very, very short, very small attention. So there it is. Johnny. So Star Ocean and Bug Snacks, right? For you. Not really so much bug snacks unless they can get cheap. Okay. But Star Ocean and uh, Little Devil Inside yeah. definitely have my interest. So there we go. Johnny, let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Uh, this one is going to be kind of uh, a, a head scratcher here. Uh, I'm not. I'm going to try to read as clearly as possible because there's going to be some confusing terms. Let's jump into it. Ubisoft plans to create its own blockchain games to enable more play to earn. So not pay to win, play to earn. Uh, This article comes from IGN, written by Rebecca Valentine. It says Ubisoft just concluded its Q2 earnings call, a strange event where relatively okay financial numbers were overshadowed by the company being on the defensive due to delays, workplace allegations, and questions about free to play. But one element that seemed to make both Ubisoft and investors happy was the discussion of blockchain. Ubisoft's future blockchain ambitions were mentioned both in its earnings release and a few times during the call. As noted in its press release, Ubisoft is funding blockchain gaming company Animoca Brands, which advertises itself on its website as, quote, the global leader in branded blockchain gaming, end quote. Animoca's current projects include Rev Motorsport, Rev Racing, an upcoming game Formula E High Voltage, all of which use the same token called Rev, R-E-V-V, to enable players to, quote, own, end quote, digital assets and collect NFT in-game items. Uh, as you remember, Johnny, which stands for? 
non uh, non fungible tokens. Thank you, sir. It is also it also has a game called The Sandbox, a virtual world full of NFTs called Sand. In addition to its funding of Animoca, Ubisoft is a founding member of the Blockchain Game Alliance and has been exploring the technology generally since its early ad- development. CFO Frederic Duguet specifically called blockchain a, quote, revolution, end quote, on the call. It seems like everyone is getting into blockchain these days. But what does this mean for Ubisoft games? CEO Yves Guillemot confirmed during the call Ubisoft both wanted to invest in companies working with blockchain and organically create its own games, indicating later that we might see it end up in Ubisoft games down the line in some form of new monetization tactic. Quote, Blockchain will imply more play to earn that will enable more players to actually earn content, own content, and we think it's going to grow the industry quite a lot, Gamo said. We've been working with lots of small companies going on blockchain and we're starting to have a good know-how on how it can impact the industry, and we want to be one of the key players here. Blockchain, NFTs, and everything associated with them have been extremely controversial as they've gained mainstream attention in recent years, most notably due to their immense negative environmental impact, but also due to the red alert levels of scam inherent in the NFT business as a whole. If you're still lost as to what NFTs and blockchain are and why they're upsetting people, The Verge has a great explainer here, and there's like a link in the article. While GameIndustry.biz has published its own industry-focused teardown. Again, another link on the article. CFO Frederick Duet did attempt to stave off criticisms like this by noting the importance of learning, quote, the impact on environments, end quote, and said Ubisoft was still in the early stages of exploration. But it's entirely feasible we can look to Animoca Brands games for a rough idea of what Ubisoft might want to do to integrate blockchain monetization tactics into its franchises such as Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Watch Dogs, Tom Clancy Games, and others in the future. So that's the article from Rebecca Valentine over at IGN if you want to read that. Uh, Johnny, do you know much about NFTs? Because I want to be honest here and I'd say like, I don't really know much. I understand they're kind of... It's like where money meets art in a way, kind of. It's purchasing a dig- digital file. That's really all it is. Yeah, but it's kind of silly when it's like an image because you can just screen capture images, right? Yeah, so they're probably going to sell models, skins, textures, right? So all I really get out of this is I don't fucking trust whatever it is they're doing, right? You don't trust NFTs? Ubisoft, very much like EA. So whatever practices they're going for, I feel like there's some little twist to it. But I mean... does it have any interest for you? Like, why not just make transactions like we always do? Um, I mean, I'm kind of interested to find out what exactly it is. Mm-hmm. I kind of get the idea. I've heard some of these scams though, like where uh, they set up like uh an NFT, NFT of some kind, mm-hmm. kind of like a cryptocurrency sort of in a way. Yeah. And like they invest, and then like when they try to sell it back, like there's no one to sell it back to. To like they, they ran off with the money kind of thing like they close the website and close like they're not responding to calls and stuff okay i see that twice already with smaller like lesser known ones so you say they don't deliver the nft after the purchase yeah basically there's like no way to like trace it or to kind of like there's no back end to like go through and then like end up with like nothing 
I'm trying to look up for this is a specific article I wanted to look up from uh, one of my friends. Uh, well, one of my friends I met, I've made through Twitter. Uh, he writes. He's a freelancer. He writes about uh, some of this stuff. Uh, he wrote. He had this really great article about NFTs. I'm trying to see if I can find it real quick. Uh, well, I think I prefer if I just pay for my content the same way I always pay for it. I wonder if this has anything to do with inflation, maybe. It's, like, I can kind of see they that. They maybe want to counteract it. They want to balance things out. Like, hey, we need some cash, All some, right. something liquid, and then some NFTs, so, crypto. Go ahead. So a bit of a tangent. Uh, my friend uh, Joshua Nichols wrote the, uh, wrote this uh, for uh, Prima Games, which is like, if you remember back in the day, Prima was the one that made the strategy guides? Don't be cool. Okay. Well, they have a website. They do like art and uh, new stuff too. Uh, the article that they, they wrote, it says, What are NFT games? The growing crypto-powered gaming space. Uh, he says, video games have always been affected and changed by technology and money. The question for those at the top has always been, how can we monetize this? Creators often approach game design from a gameplay loop or storytelling perspective, but like any other form of art, games can be built around a different purpose, such as cryptocurrency. Non-fungible tokens or NFTs are essentially a collision between cryptocurrency and the art world. Okay, so that's where I got that from. Oh, I said that earlier. Okay, I remember now. I, I, I learned it from them. Uh, put differently, NFTs are digital assets that would normally be worth nothing, but are, quote, and kind of facetiously, magically, end quote, worth much, much more money by being tied to an Ethereum blockchain. Now, nothing is a bit hyperbolic, but what value would you assign to a GIF, video, image, tweet, or other digital item? Digital things that would normally be worth, you know, Nothing or very little since most people don't care who owns Charlie bit me. Do you remember that one, Johnny? Charlie yeah. bit my finger. Most people, I think he says that one because I mean, I think they say that because Charlie bit me, like someone actually bought that, like the the right to the original like recording. Mm -hmm. Most people just care about consuming or enjoying a picture or video, but that's up to each person to decide. Vox published a great article that goes into more detail on what NFTs are and, and co-explains how their value is created and measured. Saturday Night Live can break it down for you too. You don't have to completely understand NFTs to measure their impact or witness their influence. NFTs have value and their role in video games is growing. NFT games may be relatively new as of writing, but the amount of money involved in the video game space could spell a bigger impact radius, especially with how intrinsically tied games are to technology. It's too early to accurately gauge how much NFT games will affect the industry and planet as a whole, but non-fungible tokens move through other industries fairly aggressively, regardless of how fans felt. It will be interesting to see how the NFT game genre transforms over time. There's already quite a variety in the kinds of games and experiences in the space. And so here, uh, Josh lists a bunch of games that do use NFTs and then how they use them. Axie Infinity is a blockchain game that's based around Ethereum. The game features different axes, which are unique creatures in the world, so kind of like Pokemon. The game's goal is to breed and battle axes, which can also be traded with other players. The game also has a currency that can be used on its marketplace. The digital pet trader does require Ethereum currency, a digital wallet, and more. This isn't just a cute video game, however, even if it looks like it is on the surface. Here's another one. Crypto Kitties. Crypto Kitties is a cat breeding and trading game. Each cat is completely unique and cannot be replicated. It's been around since 2017 and even made headlines everywhere when it clogged up the entire Ethereum market. Have you heard about that one, Johnny? No, no. Uh, here's another one. Mist. 
Mist is perhaps best known or is up is, sorry mist is perhaps the most unexpected nft style game until you think about it mist is an open world action rpg that combines what most players know and expect from an action rpg and mmos quests raids pvp battles and exploration are all part of mist it just also uses its own cryptocurrency tokens that can be purchased sold and even farmed outside of the game this is something I would need to very carefully avoid because I could quite easily get addicted to several parts of the gameplay loop. I've avoided World of Warcraft for all these years for similar reasons. Video games started out as a new language for embarking on adventures to different worlds. They're still just as mag- magical, but now more people know the language and more things are possible while maneuvering through digital worlds. And then that's kind of the end of the article right there. So Josh mentioned several games uh, that kind of use. So you kind of get the idea, right? You own unique things. Yeah, but and what... it, you train them. You can okay. So like I looked up the Axie thing, the first one yeah. that they mentioned, and then that one like you can train these creatures to make them stronger and stuff, and like they become like you like level them up, and as they go up in levels, like you can basically sell them to other players for more money. So for players who are invested into the game. Because you've already done the initial work. Yeah, so you can like buy them or sell them, and for the currency, which you can then convert into like real world cash. That's what I was gonna ask. So if you buy an NFT from the company, Ubisoft, whatever, do you own the NFT? Yes. And then are you able to sell it? Was the, yes. Was the main thing? Yes, okay. but I believe I I would imagine they would probably get like a cut of that commission. Ah, uh, okay. Because that's how they would gain the money. Too. But then how do you how do you set the price on those items? I imagine you would probably have to either negotiate or there's probably like a set kind of like standard like hey like creatures level 30 to 40 are worth this much or like there's maybe probably there's a bid system as well. Yeah, it could be like maybe if you convert the creature into Ethereum like you can like reconvert it, break it down sort of the way, maybe it's like worth a certain amount like just mm-hmm. based off like I can imagine you could probably tie time to it like how long is it like like if mining is like another thing that happens in the background Maybe your creature levels up as a metaphor for mining in the background when you're not using them, maybe. Okay. And then that's kind of how it retains its value, so to speak, if you can convert it back into Ethereum. Mm-hmm. So that might be a way to kind of mine the game and still gamify. To me, it seems like a slightly more complicated microtransaction. Yeah, that's the question I still have. Like, why are they going into NFTs and big and crypto instead of traditional just fiat? Like, what's the catch for them? Because here it's tied to something that's not the dollar. Because the dollar is what's regulated. You can't... That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, is that the catch? It's kind of like, you know how you can buy gold, but you can't buy things with gold? Yeah. It seems like that's the situation where, like, you can buy and sell crypto because you can't buy and sell dollars kind of thing. Yeah. But you can then transfer it into dollars. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. To me, that seems to be... It seems like they're doing microtransactions in a way where, like, if it benefits the player, this will be even more popular than traditional microtransactions. Mm, because then everybody technically wins. Because the players are invested in it. It's exactly. It's not just one transaction. They're like, it's not just one way. They're like, fuck, I created this thing, and now I can bid it, and I, I have, like, the responsibility or... or like, The buy-in, the initial buy-in. Of, yeah, the initial buying, but also that feeling of like I created this thing, so I have to. You shape have it. an incentive to like charge for even more. Maybe, and yeah. that they get a bigger cut if they charge more. Yeah, yeah, you know what? It kind of puts the pressure on the player. Exactly. Yeah, because they can't be like, "Hey, you gotta pay fifty bucks for this fucking fake gun." It's like 
the players charging you for that. We just take a cut from that. Exactly. That's interesting. You're catching up. Yeah. As soon as I was reading that, I was like, wait a minute. It's like it's kind of like those not scam. I don't want to say scams because mm-hmm. I we don't know for sure it's a scam. But it's like those people who sell like car insurances. Yeah. And it's like, hey, like you want to make money too? If you sell it to somebody else, then you get like a profit too. But then like the initial person gets like a small cut. Well, it sounds like a pyramid scheme. Kind of, yes. Yeah. But in this case, if everybody buys in and they treat it as a game and it's the game itself, if people derive enjoyment from the game itself and like just kind of see the crypto stuff, the blockchain stuff in the background as kind of like a secondary aspect of it, Uh then it's not really a pyramid scheme because no one's getting like ripped off in the end. Yeah, it's interesting because with a pyramid pyramid scheme, scheme, the product is just the end. It collapses, yeah. But in the in gaming, the process is the goal. Yes. Not necessarily the end product. Right, because the end product it would be just the person who's in it for the game only and not to like make money. Mm-hmm. So there is kind of an eventual end to it, but not one where it results in a collapse, kind of. Yeah. Interesting stuff. What do you what are your thoughts about it, Johnny? I mean, it sounds that like that is true. It's a nice little twist. And you're kind of like, is this fair? Is it not? But if you're getting joy out of that process, it's like, whoa, okay. This seems kind of like Pandora's box in a way where it's like this thing exists now and it's out there. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for it to blow up. And it's not going to go back in. Like, I don't think this is something that's going to go away. And from what a lot of the stuff I've been reading just in the last two days, like from articles, it's like, yeah, like this stuff is here to stay. We don't know for sure how big of an impact it's going to be, but it's not going to disappear. That's for sure. Unless the Fed regulates it. Well, even then, like that's only one country. That's fucking one. Even then, that's only like one country. Gaming is bigger than just the United States. Oh, so you're saying if the U.S. Regulates... Like, Ubisoft is a French company. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, some of them are American, but Ubisoft is, like, French. Ubisoft's the one who's, like, diving, like, deep, deep into this. Like, they're fully invested. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see, how would that work for, like, Assassin's Creed? Like, do you get your own assassin who has, like, their own set of skills that's just randomly assigned to you and, like, nobody else can have the assassin unless you decide to, like, trade or sell or, like... I'm trying to think, like, or even for, like, Rainbow Six, like, if you had, like, an operator, and, like, you, like, shape your operator, you have, like, these skills or whatever, and it's, like, you sculpt them, maybe they have, like, a history, or, like, you just, like, level them up, or whatever you want to come up with it, where, like, that operator's unique to you, and then you can just, like, sell them off to somebody else. Yeah. And, like, somebody who's ultimately invested in the game more than you are as somebody who's just, like, interested as, like, kind of, like, a passive, like, sell-off. Because there's, like, the game mechanics where you could level up it's it's like hey i got this this many slots on, slots on my character i can right. carry these many weapons and if it's tied to an actual crypto like eth- like ethereum yeah then that means like there is a way to kind of sell it off or to recoup your like investment in some way to cash out so to speak oh yeah so it's interesting it's really interesting it's like this is something that i would have never thought of like a long time ago but now that i see it's here it's kind of like almost in a way like why did why, why didn't this appear sooner in a way kind of i mean it, We've seen, like, the, the, uh, Josh mentions, like, why they're dying to World of Warcraft, right? Because in World of War, because there is, I think I talked to you about this before. There's people mm-hmm. who play MMOs and they mine in-game currency to sell to, like, actual people for real-life money. This seems like a more legal, more uh, morally gray version of that. Yeah, I think the only reason it didn't catch up is because people didn't have a belief in the blockchain. Digital wallets and all they that. They feel like it's way too volatile, which it is. It's yeah. always been volatile. But 
once people start having faith in it, it's the same thing as fiat currency. Like the only reason fiat currency works is because of the faith that people put That's, into it. Oh my God. Thank you for saying that. Cause I remember somebody the other day was saying like, Oh, crypto is just fake money. And I'm like, what do you think money is? <laughs> like, Cause like, Oh, it's not backed by anything. And I'm like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> thank you. That's what money is. It's what not... is it? Is it bread and woods when we got off the gold standard and all that shit? That was, yeah, that was like Nixon era. 70s, right? Yeah, yeah. Nixon era where the dollar is no longer backed by anything. It's just backed off of everybody's belief in the dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you guys don't know about fiat currency, look it up. Basically, the short end is every paper money that has ever existed has eventually disappeared. Yeah. Because guess what? It's just as worth as much as people think it is worth. So. Not to go off on tangent, but look man, I kind of, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like just going full into like currency talk. But let's continue. But this is interesting, right? Because now it's like the financial world meets like the video game world. And it's like, like this has like huge implications. Or like, what could this mean? Like, I hope this is something that, I hope this isn't something that completely takes over. I always, I want to have regular traditional gameplay experiences. Mm-hmm. I want to play a Final Fantasy and not think of like anything beyond the sixty dollar price point of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want this thing. And I'm kind of concerned. Like, what, I don't fully understand it, but I know a lot of people talk about how there's environmental impact because of NFTs. Do you understand that one, Johnny, or no? They're saying that NFTs are bad because for the environment. Because of mining the crypto. You need computers. Computers take up energy. Oh, it's not physical. Like, I mean, it is physical, but it's not like a machine somewhere like digging up rocks or something. No, it's computers. Like, you have... Like, it's just consuming electricity. It's it's forming the crypto so you need a ton of computer power to do that and that comes from the what the electrical grid well it comes from coal however you decide oh power. okay because i'm like is there ethical crypto in the sense that you mine it from solar power or something i don't know if you set up your rigged your house to solar power yeah anything. i guess if you connect your computer to solar power it's supposed to be more ethical but no nah, people wouldn't do that because it's inconsistent like if you want to make crypto all the time you're not going to use solar during the night. True. You want to run that shit 24-7. That's true. Okay. And you want to get it as soon as possible because the longer you wait, the higher crypto goes in value. Right. You're missing out on potential future Yeah, so value. you want to get it at the low end. I see. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't fully understand crypto. I'm like, I think it's one of those emerging technologies that people are still kind of trying to grasp. And like some of us who are not so much in the know are kind of like behind the curve sort of. So yeah, after like year twelve, where I mentioned I need to get crypto. No, I'm sorry. I'm not... sorry. I'm sorry. Not crypto. Uh, NFTs. NFTs. Uh, NFTs. Yeah, NFTs are like still pretty fucking. Yeah, new. I knew about crypto like a decade ago when you first told me about Bitcoin, and I'm still kicking myself to this day. So let's move on, Johnny. I don't want to be sad anymore. Let's okay. move on <laughs> to the next story. Uh, this is. I think this is true, and at the same time, I think it's rumors, but we'll see. Uh, Eurogame. This article comes from Eurogamer, written by Wesley Yinpool. Warner Brothers Smash Brothers style game multiverse is leaking all over the place. The leaks continue for Warner Brothers Smash Brothers style game multiverse. Multiverse, which Warner Brothers has yet to announce, has suffered a number of leaks in the last week, including details of playable characters and even a portion of the game's character select screen. Now. Images that show stages have leaked via a document that first appeared on the Discord of Smash content creator Papa Gino via Reset Era. The images appear to confirm the Treehouse from Adventure Time and the Get Swifty concert from Rick and Morty are stages. Word of the project said to include the likes of Scooby-Doo Shaggy. Uh, I can already think of the memes now, Johnny. Lord of the Rings Gandalf. 
Tom and Jerry, Fred Flintstone, Yabba Dabba Doo, Mad Max, and Johnny Bravo. Oh, that's dope. I know Johnny Bravo. As playable fighters initially serviced on Reddit and was subsequently verified by GamesBeat, Jeff Grubb, who we've heard about as a gaming journalist, Jeff Grubb. Jeffy Grubb Grubb. The image showing a portion of the game's character select screen revealed a mysterious new character alongside Steven Universe, Batman, Harley Quinn, Adventure Time, Spin and Jake, Shaggy, Superman, Wonder Woman, Gandalf, Rick and Morty's Rick, just say Rick, Bugs Bunny, and Tom and Jerry. The document revealed yesterday shows just how similar multiverses to Smash Brothers and apparently confirms a knockback percentage system Smash Brothers fans will be familiar with. The latest leak also comes with supposed new gameplay details, including Arya from Game of Thrones. What? As a playable character? Okay, I'm, I'm reading this for the first time, so if like, I say or get shocked, it's because I don't fully know. Prior leaks suggested Multiverse could be free to play, with future fighters such as basketball star LeBron James to be sold as DLC. Isn't LeBron already in Fortnite? Yes. Okay. Warner Brothers has yet to respond to Eurogamer's request for comment about the leak, but the fact Warner Brothers blocked a video about it on copyright grounds makes this one pretty much nailed on. So that's the article from Wesley Yin Poll at Eurogamer. Johnny, I'm trying to th- in my head I'm trying to think what are major like Warner Brothers properties. Uh we I mean they mentioned a lot of them already here. First off, I, it sounds like this is pretty legit. It's like all but confirmed, right? The fact that Warner Brothers has gone to such lengths to like take down any content about it, because otherwise it was just like a joke or a rumor, they would just been like, whatever. What do you think about this, Johnny? Do you want another? We just got the Cartoon Network one that has like, uh, I'm sorry, we just got the Nickelodeon one. That was the one. Yeah. With SpongeBob and Aang from Avatar and Ren and Stimpy and like all these characters. Do you think people are clamoring to play with? Well, Batman is pretty popular. Okay, that's for sure. But oh, do you think they have Rana Stepping Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon does. Yeah. I was about to mention them. Like, doesn't Warner Brothers? But no, no, okay. No. So we have Steven Universe, which you probably know, the little short chubby kid. Yeah. Batman, Harley Quinn. Do you know Adventure Time? Mm-hmm. So you know Finn and Jake, right? The dog and the kid with the weird hat. Sure, yeah. Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Superman. I'll... I'm trying to imagine a world where Shaggy would fight Superman and still, and, and it's not just be an instant like bloodbath for Shaggy. That's. That's amusing to me. Put kryptonite in the bones. In the Scooby Snacks? Snacks. (laughs) Wonder Woman, Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, Rick and Morty, Bugs Bunny, and Tom and Jerry. Okay, first, this is like a two-pronged question for one. One, how do you feel about this? And then two, who would you put in it? It's a Warner Brothers character. Go with one first, though. What what do you think about this, Johnny? Does the world need a Warner Brothers-inspired Smash Brothers game? So the characters are dope, right? Yes, no problem with the characters is what they come down gonna come down to the moveset to the combat the reason i like this more than anything is because it's it can potentially be a competitor to smash brothers right and when it's competition it means nintendo's gotta step it up and smash brothers definitely needs some type of reboot well smash brothers is done for now for now yeah they're, they're complete the roster is complete they're not going to add any more. It's going to be a long time before we see a new Smash Brothers. Well, that's what I mean. This is perfect timing. This thing comes out, and it's like, it's like good competition. They might try to like step it up for Smash in the future. I don't know how you can step it up even further than what Smash has already done. Yeah, they need to reboot it. They can't just like here's a new character. They can't do that shit. They gotta change something. If they make another Smash, I want them to include as many like original characters who are not already in Smash, like. 
Like, don't even bring back Mario. Bring back Metal Mario. Bring back a variant of Mario. Oh, shit. Like, yes. bring back a variant of Mario that we don't already have. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to do the same Nintendo characters, do them again differently. So, instead of Donkey Kong, bring back, I don't know, Chunky Kong or Dixie Kong. One of the other Kongs. Instead of Yoshi, give us Birdo. Instead of... Instead of Luigi, bring back Waluigi for once. <laughs> like, do Nintendo, but do it differently. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Warner Brothers right now, Johnny. Damn. Okay. Wait, do you think the world needs this? Does yes. anybody want this? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are going to consume this. Are people eager to play as... Okay. There's never not going to be a time where people don't want to play as bad. These are all good characters. Okay. What? Do you... Okay. Can you think of any Warner, Warner Brothers properties you would like to add to it? Off the top, no. There's Mad Max, but I think you said Really? That, right? You wouldn't add Taz? Like he would be like Meta Knight, just doing the spinning thing, the spinning. Dude, I want to see them copy all the. He would basically be just be the Meta Knight. I want to see them copy all the Smash moves. Who would be the Kirby for Warner Brothers? I'm trying to think. Would that be like a like Porky Pig? Maybe. I'm just picturing Elmer Fudd right there with the shotgun. No. The the what's his name? Um, Yosemite Sam with the the cowboy guy, the pistols. You can be like the Samus charging. Yeah, Elmer Fudge got canceled for his shotgun. Did he? They gave him a scythe instead. Oh, you're saying that's what would happen? I don't know what they're gonna do with him. That's not my main character though. I can't really think of any. I can imagine like the items for the strangers would all be Acme products, right? Yes, like the anvil, the rockets. Yeah. I imagine like 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 the like Speedy Gonzalez and like Roadrunner would be like OP because like super fast characters or something like very light. I could see this working. I could see this working. I would add more Looney Tunes characters. Honestly, I feel like there's not enough Looney Tunes characters so far. Add um, what's his name? Marvin the Mar uh the Marsh the Marshall what Marvin Martian. Yo, that's dope. That's our, that's our Samus right there. He's got the laser weapon and everything. I feel like you could pretty much find like a equivalent to the most of the Smash roster in Warner Brothers properties. What about um? Bring back one of the villains from Scooby Doo, not just Shaggy. But bring in like the like the maybe like the the Ghost Knight guy. What's his or, name? Uh, Earthworm Jim. Is that Warner Brothers? Yeah. Earthworm Earthworm Jim. Yeah. Really. Okay. Yeah, dude. Uh, what about? Do they have Flintstones? Yeah, they have uh they said Fred Flintstones on the list. They have Mad Max, Johnny Bravo, Gandalf. Bring Lego Loss. That can be our link. Put Lego Loss in it. That's our link right there. Then what? we have uh what's it called the three kids. They look like uh the Animaniacs. Yes, Animaniacs. Those are gonna be dope. Those seems like those will be like the gag characters, like the funny ones. There's a lot of potential for this. I don't know Ooh, if we Roger need this. Rabbit. Is Roger Rabbit Warner? Oh, it is Warner Brothers. You're right. Yes. I'm just... I don't know. This seems kind of weird. I feel like they're doing too much too fast. Like, we just got the Nickelodeon Nicktoons one. That's cool. They just got to get the combat down. But... Okay, so we know how we talk about, like, live services. Like, those games as a service. Like, they can't all compete and last at the same time. Because mm-hmm. there's, like, a... There's only so much mind share we can develop to all these games. I feel like you can, the same applies to the Smash Brothers formula. Like... Either you're all in on Nicktoons, you're all in on Smash, or you're all in on this WB one. Yeah, but they don't have a... Like, Injustice and and Mortal Kombat exist just fine. 
And then on top of that, you got we, me still there. Got, we still got Tekken. We got King of Fighters. You got me there, John. We, we have a ton of them. Okay. But these are the type of games... Okay, no, you got me there, too. I was going to say, these are the type of games that have to have, like, updates to keep alive. And fighting games in general need, like, updated characters to keep them alive. So, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I just... I'm not as excited about this as I am for, like, the Nicktoon one. Really? You want the, the other one? Yeah, more so. I mean... I don't know. I'm not. A, I was never big a Warner outside of like the DC characters. Like, this but I feel is, this is they have an opportunity to just be a little bit darker than the other ones. Okay, yeah, because they have Rick and Morty and some like, yeah, you're right. They have some dark Mad Max. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, they might. They might have some crude jokes in there. Fair enough. Yeah, if you have Harley Quinn. I can't imagine you put Harley Quinn in like a PG game. So, noted, Johnny. Noted. All right. All right. Let us move on to the next thing, Johnny. Shall we? To the next one, we go to PC Gamer for this article, uh, written by Molly Taylor. Resident Evil Village will be getting some free DLC, and I say it's about time. Capcom is set to release either some or all of its DLC for Resident Evil Village for free of charge, according to the company's recent annual integrated report. So we're getting a lot of these like reports this this week. The corporate document is pretty long mostly detailing the previous year as well as future plans for the publisher. But one paragraph in particular mentions free DLC for Resident Evil Village, along with Monster Hunter Rise. We will drive our, cust- quote, we will drive our customer management to understand the playing trends and preferences of users while also building a business model for online operations. Taking into account the situation of our free additional DLC for titles such as Monster Hunter Rise and Resident Evil Village, the document reads, there are no extra details like what the free content looks like, or if all planned DLC coming out for Resident Evil Village is going to be free. Capcom announced in June that it would be bringing DLC to Resident Evil Village, quote, by popular demand, end quote, but has been awfully shy on giving any details. The extent of Monster Hunter Rise's free DLC so far has been a few hairstyles, so it's possible Village will be getting similar cosmetic goodies rather than full-blown content for free. And that's it. So that's an article from Molly Taylor. It's yeah, it's only three paragraphs. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I hope it's not just cosmetic stuff. For Resident Evil Village, I want like an actual like chapter or something substantial. Why would you think it's only cosmetics? Well, because right now they just mentioned she just mentioned right now how like they're doing the same thing for Monster Hunter Rise, and like so far the free DLC that's been free has been hairstyles. Now, I don't mind if it's paid for or you have to pay for it, but I don't want DLC that's, like, just, like, cosmetics. Like, even if it's not free, I'd rather take, like, a chapter or, like, a story. No way it's cosmetics, dude. Like, you're going to get cosmetics for a character you don't even see. You don't even see his face. True, but they've done cosmetics in the past for, like, guns and stuff. Nah, no way. Or, like, for, like, other characters who are not enemies. That would have been out, like, three months after if it's just for guns. Fair enough. You're right, John. Yeah, you don't even see yourself, so cosmetics would be pointless, huh? Yeah. And they're gonna, they're not going to change the cosmetics for the NPCs. Probably not. That doesn't seem like it would be worth it. No. Nah. So, okay, so maybe we will get some substantial, like, character story-driven DLC. I hope so. Yeah, and we talked about this earlier, and we went, we both wanted a DLC with the merchant. The, the Duke. That's, <laughs> the, Duke. That's the most interesting. He's, so, he's the most secretive, right? Yeah, there's. It seems like there's more to the Duke than what he lets on. Yeah, like he's super secretive in the game, especially like where he's like, 
remember when uh, Ethan's like, like, who, dude, like, who are you really? He was like, ah, like, not even I know the answer to that. And it's like, oh, like, what, what else is going on? So, so I want to see the Duke and an additional, like, maybe two additional boss battles would be dope. Okay. Or one massive area. Okay. Right, not the castle, none of that shit. Like let's, an add-on, like extra area outside of that or something. Let's go like higher up in the hills, or would you want more? Would you want them to do what they did with Seven and give us like more like like a like a Chris centric DLC? I was gonna say that, but a lot of people were complaining. I'm not one of those. They're complaining how you start as horror and at the end you're just fucking shooting through everything with a machine gun. Yep. I'm totally okay with that. That's definitely Chris. Yeah. Start slow, hit us heavy at the end. I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah, I would. I would love. I would. I would kill, pun intended, for more uh, Chris DLC. Like, what if Chris's helicopter crashes and it begins from there? I'm cool with that. Then that would just continue Chris's long history of bad helicopter experiences. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I, I guess cosmetic DLC wouldn't make as much sense. I, I think they're trying to here. Um, Ollie's trying to separate the difference between free DLC and paid for DLC. We know that paid for DLC is going to be substantial. But the fact that they're promising free DLC kind of like makes you wonder like, what could they include that wouldn't be like a big thing? Like, what would be so, something that would worth? What would be something that's like not gonna cost them a lot to give out that fans would be like, yeah, like give us that for free? So it's confirmed that they're also doing paid. They're doing. I th- I believe the substantial DLC is gonna be paid. Yeah. Uh, all right. But they're also like, there's also like, oh, there's gonna be some free DLC, which would be like, I imagine like, maybe a new difficulty setting, maybe some new like like tracks or new something that's not going to be like worth buying separately i'm thinking so yeah some like horde mode or maybe a new mode yeah i'm thinking probably like another you know i'm still one trophy away from getting the platinum on that one yeah one day i will go back out once there's enough guides out there on youtube i'll find the one that like will actually help me out to finish it so any thoughts on this johnny before we move on no you're good you're good all right you're good all right let me make sure that we're still recording Okay, we're still recording. But I'm very dangerous. I just realized I'm very dangerously low on memory. So I'm going to go ahead in real time delete some data <laughs> from my... Pause it. No, this makes it much more interesting, Johnny. Much more like, what? Like, oh, there's like, there's stakes. Even during the podcast, there's stakes on, like, going on. You heard that? You heard that, right? Yeah, I hear it. Where's it coming from? It's from outside. Okay. I don't know if you guys, if it's picking up the mic, but there's like this. Doo-doo. What would you call it? Like a whistle? It's like a little bird. Like, doo-doo dodo something i don't know all right let me check my hard drive now okay i bought us some more gigabytes let's get back to the recording johnny we're gonna move on to let's see we have two more stories can you believe we still have two more stories go for it next one johnny one that i think you'll enjoy um this is about one of our favorite people in the industry amy hennig (laughs) johnny's like yes hold on i didn't read up the article like i thought i did I have to find the actual <laughs> article. You know what? Hold on. I'm just going to go ahead and quick pause. We'll be back. All right. Through the magic of science and technology, we are back. Johnny, let's continue with what we we're going to say. Uh, to this one, For this one, we go to VGC or Video Game Chronicle. Uh, this article is from Jordan Midler. Uncharted director Amy Hennig is working on a Marvel game. In a statement announcing the game from Skydance New Media... Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to read this up the heading. Amy Hennig, former Naughty Dog creative director and one of the main forces behind the Uncharted series, is working on a new Marvel game. In a statement announcing the game from Skydance New Media, Hennig said, quote, I can't imagine a better partner than Marvel for our first game, end quote. She continued, quote, 
The Marvel Universe epitomizes all the action, mystery, and thrills of the pulp adventure genre that I adore and lends itself perfectly to an interactive experience. It's an honor to be able to tell an original story with all the humanity, complexity, and humor that makes Marvel characters so enduring and to enable our players to embody these heroes that they love, end quote. This follows the news in May that Todd Stashwick had joined Skydance News Media, I'm sorry, Skydance New Media, following the two working together on EA's canceled Star Wars Project Ragtag. Stashwick confirmed his involvement in the Marvel Project on Twitter, writing, quote, Excited to share some very cool news. I'm thrilled to be part of this team and writing in this amazing universe, end quote. Stashwick and Hennig had worked together on Project Ragtag for two years at EA's Visceral Game Studio before EA reportedly canceled the project. Hennig, who previously directed the first three Uncharted games, and some would say the best Uncharted games, yep. and Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, then announced in late 2019 that she was helming a new game studio formed by Hollywood production company Skydance. Skydance hired Hennig to lead the new San Francisco-based company alongside former Electronic Arts executive Julian Beek, who has 30 years of experience working on franchises such as Battlefield, Need for Speed, and Star Wars. Speaking to VentureBeat at the time, Hennig said that the new company will target gamers and non-gamers alike on both traditional and emergency streaming platforms with new, quote, story-focused experiences, end quote. There you go. Johnny? Obviously, we're uh, both very fan, uh, big fans of Hennig's work with uh, Uncharted and I guess you with Soul Reaver and I guess some of the stuff she's done at Naughty Dog throughout the years. Uh, one of the few prominent, I would say, few prominent uh, female devs in the industry uh, alongside like Jade Raymond and uh, I'm you know, struggling to think of there's another one I had in my mind can't remember that's fine anyways uh, Johnny what do you think about this what, how, you like Marvel as much as I do you also like uh, Eddig's work how do you feel about this so called like mar- marriage of the two okay so first the main question is like what property are they going to use okay. out of Marvel and then the concern of like is Sony kind of like doing too many Marvel games and enough not enough original IPs. I don't know how I f- how I feel about that. Like, well, they haven't said this is like a PlayStation exclusive, as far as I can tell. Ah, uh, okay. No one in the article does it say that. So it was fun to me. Uh, well, Skydance is the it's this new media studio is a extension of Skydance, like the movie studio. And then Marvel, I'm guessing, must be involved besides just the licensing. I imagine there must be funding for that, too. Okay. I think this... It's not mentioned in this article, but I think I read another article where like they kind of like did the... What do you call it? When you go around looking for investor money kind of thing? I think they did that. Uh, angel investor? There you go. I think that's what they did. I could be wrong. I could be very wrong. But I think... I, or I, I, I could be confusing them with another studio. Okay. But I think I think money is not so much an issue for them right now. What do you think? I'm thinking like how what would be the skin to, you could slap on Uncharted, and I'm thinking like would it be the Punisher maybe. And I thought no, that's too gritty because she says some keywords. I think she says Marvel characters that are enduring. Uh, and it's just humor and like yeah. and humanity and like those are buzzwords that are not associated with the Punisher. Yeah, when she said humor, I was like, "This, this is not going to be anything close to like Wolverine." No, yeah, definitely not. And that's it. That's uh, that's um, 
Because of the, what I do want out of them is, uh, is X-Men. Insomniac, anyways. Huh? I want X-Men. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Maybe. She says, like, she says, uh, Marvel characters so enduring to enable our players to embody these heroes. Sounds to me like more than one character. Mm-hmm. Now, that could just be me reading into it more than it is, but it sounds like we're going to get more than one, like, hero character. Yeah. So... I don't know. I'm thinking maybe something a little more, dare I say, fantastic. I don't know if I want that. No, maybe not. But if done right, I'd be open to it. Because only fantastic. Maybe I have it all mixed up, but. No, because I was thinking Franklin Richards. He's not fantastic, right? He's the son of Mr. Fantastic. Oh, okay. See, that's the In the future. Line. That's the storyline I want. But it's not the fantastic storyline. No, that's like way in the future. Yeah, and even yeah. if they made that happen, that to start before that, that'd be so fucking insane. Because that fucker is OP. Yeah, he's isn't he basically Kang? Like, does he become Kang later on or something? Uh, I don't know about that. Or who am I thinking of? One of the Richards. Like, I have more than one kid. I think, right? I don't remember. No, I right. don't. Okay, I know. I think he, one of his personas is Kang the Conqueror, like in the future. Only oh, okay. So. I could be wrong. I th- my Marvel lore is wrong, but I'm sure if you asked Rob from... Uh, he would probably tell you that's true. So, uh, Okay, so probably not the Punisher. Who do you think fits like... Okay, well, first of all, Hennig is in charge of like narrative and like story stuff. She does, doesn't mean she comes up with the systems, right? Like the comp, mm-hmm. like the gameplay. So maybe trying to fit, fit it onto Uncharted isn't probably like the best like comparison yeah because that's a naughty dog thing. yeah so i'm trying to think what would be like what kind of compelling character what kind of characters would she want to work on she uses words like uh humanity complexity humor enduring and heroes so i'm thinking something like captain america maybe a captain america game maybe i don't want that i mean captain america done right because imagine like captain america where instead of like Treat the shield the same way you treat the the Leviathan axe. That could be interesting. Basically, weapons that come back to you. No, I. I know. Again, she doesn't. She never worked at Santa Monica or whatever. But like, I'm trying to think what would be like the compelling Marvel game to make. That's not one of the ones we know about already. Besides, World yeah, Wade it's gonna be a little bit more obscure because to me, it's just an overload of like Avengers shit. Yeah, I, I want I want Avengers, but I just just keep it to the MCU. I have to imagine right? that it's not Avengers related with the fact that the other Avengers game is already out there. Yeah. So the one with the Crystal Dynamics, I have to imagine this is something that's not, not Wolverine, not Spider Man, not Avengers tied. Mm-hmm. Now, main characters who I would love. Okay, Punisher is the first one. We know that's probably not going to be it. Mm-hmm. Punisher, I really want a good Punisher game since we haven't got one since like the like ps2 days okay second up for me would be dr strange because i think that has like a very dope and probably like very broad like move set yeah right freezing time using the the what's it called the the red that red chain thing he uses that he likes to use the red chain the remember he uses on thanos where he splits and then he ties it with the red bands the bands of kryderak or something like that sidorak there you go thank you sorry thank you the bands, you know, he has he has like kind of like that whip thing, right? The red chain thing. Mm-hmm. He does the the uh, the. It'd probably be too hard to do the mirror realm in a game, but that would be dope if he could like inceptionize it, kind of. Yeah, man, I can't think of too many characters. There's like Punisher, Deadpool, 
Silver Surfer, uh, Fantastic Four. I mean, the the dope ones, like, they're already kind of doing something with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I guess I'd kind of be okay with, like, She-Hulk. Okay, another Hulk game, like the one we had, like, in the PS2 days. That Hulk game was pretty cool. Yeah, there's... Thing, uh, Ultimate Destruction. Daredevil, which I don't want. Daredevil will be dope. I don't want Daredevil. Because I imagine it will mostly all be, like, audio-sensory stuff. Yeah, and, and that could be cool. CQC. Yeah. We have, like, Mystique. Or, oh, a Luke Cage game would be dope. He was Luke Cage. Or, oh, or Iron Fist, like a proper martial arts game. Make, redeem Iron Fist after the terrible show he had. Redeem him. Oh, what about War Machine, Johnny? Imagine a War Machine game. Nah, that's not the word. Humor, there's no humor in that. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're you right. know something I, I do want, like, it's just characters, right? But maybe it is just a standalone game. I'd be cool with, like, Jubilee. I told you before, I really wanted a Wolverine, Jubilee, and Cyclops game. I think you did mention that once. That sounds familiar. Yeah, but I don't And you can just like swap out between them for different powers and stuff. Yeah, we're not gonna get that though. I don't know. This is a mystery. I guess that's the cool thing about knowing that I'm working with Marvel is like the like the roster of characters is so diverse and so like unlimited that you can come up with like so many different things. I'm hoping I already told you, War Machine, Punisher, uh, Doctor Strange. Someone who is relevant right now is uh, Wanda. Ooh, a Scarlet Witch game? Yeah. That would be hard, though, I think. That would be really tough. Yeah. So I can definitely see the humor in there and the humanity, the complexity. Mm, okay. You know? Yeah, enduring, like emotional, the, hero you love. Yeah, that seems to fit. The whole idea of like, like the dilemma of like No More Hutans storyline. What about a vision game? I'm cool with that. Give me a vision and wonder. I'm, I'm cool. All right. Who knows what they're working on? I'm just excited of the combination of like the IP with like the personnel involved. It sounds like really promising. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens with that, won't we, Johnny? We'll see what happens with that. Uh, Johnny, we have finally finished all of our main stories. Let's give ourselves a pat on the back there. And. Let's kind of let's turn the conversation away from the stories now that we're done and move on to what have you been playing, Johnny? Or is there anything that I'm forgetting? Because I forgot. Uh, there was Sony's Q2 earnings. Okay, I don't know much about that. Do you know more about that than I do? Because I don't. Uh... Wait, is this the one we talked about the other day about like how? Uh... This is when you brought up the Last of Us Two sales didn't weren't that high. Is it the same thing? Or no, you... that was just me bringing it up. But uh, I don't remember off the top about the earnings but they were good they were impressive <laughs> i put playstation playstation uh let's see is it gaming related i guess it yes. is right well it says sony that's why so that's that's what i'm asking i'm looking for a good source on this one and the closest i can think okay here's one from ign from five days ago uh it says sony has now sold 13.4 million playstation 5 consoles which Sounds like a lot, but really isn't like a lot, a lot. Uh, I guess at this point in life cycle, it is a lot. But I'm thinking of like total, that's why. Yeah, but there's also the... This comes from IGN, written by Matt Perslow. Sony's latest financial reports have announced that 13.4 million PlayStation 5 consoles have been sold to date, with 3.3 million PS5s being sold within the July to September quarter two period. Q2 period, basically the same quarter. Uh, as revealed in Sony's financial results for Q2, 
The company's gaming network services segment sold 1 million more PS5s to retailers in the quarter when compared to previous three-month period. This is the second highest quarterly sales for the PS5, matching the fourth quarter of 2020, which is like when it came out, and only just trailing behind the third quarter of 2020's record 4.5 million sales. These sales contributed to a total of $5.86 billion in revenue for Sony's gaming division, up 27% year-on-year for the best second quarter PlayStation has ever achieved. Of that revenue, 0.75, or about $750 million, was taken as profit. While sales are impressive, the, there has been a decrease in operating profit, which is down 21% year-on-year. This comes partly due to lower PS4 sales. The console, console sold just 0.2 million or about you know 200,000 units this quarter and PS5 consoles being sold at a loss. Funny, I thought they were like prof, they were making profits on that now. Overall PlayStation accounts for 27% of Sony's total revenue this quarter and 26% of its total operating profit. In game sales, Sony reports 76.4 million games sold during the quarter across PS4 and PS5. As for lifetime sales, God of War has been its biggest seller at 19.5 million copies. Horizon Zero Dawn, meanwhile, has shifted 10 million, and Marvel's Spider-Man has sold 13.2 million. On PS5, Demon's Souls has sold 1.4 million copies, and Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart has sold 1.2 million copies. Not that much, considering... It's Ratchet and Clank, honestly. Uh, a last part right here. Over on PlayStation Plus, the service has hit 47.2 million subscribers, marking an increase of 2.2 million users year-on-year, and a million more than the last quarter. PlayStation Network monthly active users is down, though, to 104 million. Just three quarters ago, it was 114 million. That decline may well be due to improving pandemic conditions resulting in people playing less games. The figures sing a familiar tune to Sony's last quarter, where it also broke its own revenue records for the same quarter. Despite the continuing global chip shortage, it seems that Sony not having too much trouble shipping PlayStation 5s, so much so that the PS5 is the fastest-selling console in U.S. history. Johnny. Not much to really add on to that. Um, no, it's just doing well. That's all there really is to it. The thing that sticks out to me, though, is like a lot of people are just talking about how Ratchet and Clank is like their game of the year so far. Mm-hmm. And seeing how much it's sold, it's not a lot. Like, I'm barely a million and two, a million, 1.2 million copies for a game of that caliber. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Is pretty low, actually. Yeah. And then when you look at how many PS5s have been sold. Uh, 13 million compared to one like the attach rate is really low that's like less than one of every 12 people who have a ps5 buying ratchet and clank and like i don't have ratchet and clank so i'm like 11 of those people i'm like in the bigger group honestly so mm-hmm. that's kind of not not the greatest news and i'm curious to see if like is that gonna affect uh playstation going forward are they are we gonna get more ratchet and clank in the future or is it gonna be something that's kind of gonna be like you know shelved in favor of wolverine and spider-man which are the new like ones coming from insomniac like are we gonna see like a shift towards like the marvel stuff in a way from original like true playstation ip or what do you think johnny you think i'm kind of seeing too much into it or i think the ratchet and clank really didn't evolve all that much like it looks amazing right it looks nice it looks beautiful absolutely but the mechanics are the same shit 
which is why I'm not too drawn to it. Yeah. Because I was never, I well to begin with, I was never a huge Ratchet and Clank fan. Mm-hmm. Clank fan. Ratchet and Clank fan. When it comes to like platformers or games of that style, like Spiral yeah. and Crash are more my uh, bread and butter. Even yeah. Sly Cooper is more my. I my prefer st- Sly Cooper though. Yeah. Um, not to say Ratchet and Clank isn't cool, but it's just never really scratched an itch for me. So that's why I'm not. I'm I'm interested to see if during Black Friday it might go down to twenty. I'll pick it up at twenty, maybe maybe even thirty. I don't think it's no way. But I'm not paying. I don't mind. I'm not interested enough to pay at full price right now. So I wouldn't pick it up for ten. Really? I think you're exaggerating there. No, but my catalog, my backlog is so big. This is just like. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. We're like, I want to play it because it's like it's in the conversation for like game of the year, like stuff for this yeah. year. But I'm not like sucked into. I'm not being pulled towards it other than that so yeah and a, lot of, a lot of these games are like i'm looking at them some of them on, on my wish list and i they sit there and i'm like damn but if i buy this it takes away from this game that right. i really fucking want right because right, right. i've gotten like amazing fucking games for i think i got god of war for like 23 bucks and then horizon i probably got for 25 and then i got the 15 dollar dlc so the the prices on the Sony games, as amazing as they are, they drop so fast and so low. You can find amazing deals where this is like, is nowhere close to, to the top of my list. Uh, I was gonna say I'm surprised that Spider Man has not sold as much as God of War, especially considering how family friendly God of War is. No, I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> how family friendly Spider Man is. I'm sorry, wrong one. I'm surprised. Okay, so God of War is at 19.5 million, and Spider Man is at 13.2 million. And both games at this point have been out for almost the same amount of time. Well, one did win Game of the Year. That might help. True. True. But, like, I feel like Spider-Man is such, like, a, you know, everybody knows Spider-Man. Like, even if you're not into gaming. Like, I figured the Marvel, like... Well, then again, Avengers didn't do that well either. But, like, I mean, like, everyone knows Spider-Man and you know, like... Everybody knows at this point that Spider-Man is a quality title. It is for sure. So I'm surprised that like it's so far. It's not even close. It's just like trailing behind God of War. Like that. Like especially with Spider-Man getting that PS5 boost with like the packaging of like the Ultimate or whatever like mm-hmm. edition. Like that still didn't like put more of a dent. I'm surprised honestly. Also, God of War is a legacy game. We've had that for a long time, right? Only a little. Only a few more months than I think the first Spider-Man game, though. Maybe like a little less than a year, though longer. Right? Are you talking about the latest Spider-Man? No, the first, the the, the very first Peter Spider-Man Parker one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On on the old... on PS4. Yeah. No, I'm thinking about like God of War. We had it since what? Like PS1, PS2, PS2. Since PS2, I, I can't imagine what a PS1 God of War would look like. <laughs> very that's janky. A good point. That's a good point. <laughs> very janky looking. So me, when I saw this God of War, I thought this is fucking amazing. I'm already fucking sold, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have other games in my backlog, and I, I I'm able to be patient enough to wait. But this game is already sold for me. Right. And then when I saw uh PlayStation, I mean Spider Man, even though it's a fucking familiar uh, franchise, and I love Spider Man and all that, I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, even though I saw that amazing gameplay, you don't have a sense of what it's like. So that's a good point. We've so been burned I, on Spider Man games before. Yeah. So when Fair I, enough. So when I saw Spider Man, I was like. I don't know. I wasn't even sure if I wanted to play it. Okay. It was like on the radar, but I wasn't too sure. But since I already knew what I got with God of War, I was already dead set on it. Mm. And once I fucking played it, I was like, this shit is really is amazing. 
Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, there yes. you go. There you go. All right. All right. Let's move it on, Johnny. Let's move it on. Johnny, what have you been playing since last time we recorded? I played a little bit of... Um, it, it was just the, the beta, but I did play uh, Riders Republic. Ooh. It feels great. The introduction feels really good. Everything feels unique. Environments are dope. Um, so with that said, I got to like the lobby section and the lobby sections where, where I forgot what she is, but she's not a reporter or whatever, but she takes you around like getting to know the people. Okay. And that shit dragged on for way too long. It's like you do this here and there and there and there. And then when you're on your bicycle, you have like this little, it's not a traditional lobby like Cod of War, like here's your setup, here's this and that. It's a lobby, like literally, like you're in a skate park trying to decide what direction you're in. It's like, like a theme park kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. And, and you're I, being like shown like what the attractions are and stuff? Exactly. And that was just a little bit too tedious for me. And I did a few more rounds with the bicycle, but as I'm riding with the bicycle, I'm thinking like, man, do I have to go back to that spot? And that's really what fucked the experience up for me. Um, I wish they just had a, a regular setup like uh, uh, Onrush hmm. has a good setup where they sh- just show you your character and they show you your vehicles or other games. They just show your character, vehicle, uh, that type of thing. And it like shifts around like the camera shifts around where you want. Where do you want to go? Right. But on this, you have to like cycle to the place that you want to go. Oh, okay. Right. So that kind of makes sense, though, the game where like they want you to do the different sports and stuff like. It seems like they would want to give you like a space to kind of just like it does. mess around. It does because it, it kind of keeps you immersed in the environment, you right. know, instead of having like this artificial prompt. But it just doesn't do it for me. Like it, it just gets tedious. On. It gets tedious after yeah. a while. It, the novelty wears off, I imagine. Right? Yeah, real quick. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what's your favorite like sport or favorite thing in Rider's Republic so far? The little uh, wing thing, the jetpack. The jetpack? Yeah. That does look like the most fun, right? It's pretty fun. Is there like objectives with it or are you kind of just like freestyle with it or? I was just doing checkpoints. It seems like most of it is checkpoints. I'm not Because it seems like you can race with it, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That That's so introduction because you say you didn't play the beta, but you try all these things. Like you try the bike and then I think you go snowboarding and then the jetpack and then like they cut from the camera and then in one sequence you do all of these things. That sounds cool. Yeah. Sounds fun. I want to try it. I want to. I want to get it. I think it came out like this past week, but uh, it's an Ubisoft title, so that tells me it's probably going to go on sale pretty soon. <laughs> so I'll check it out. Uh, hopefully it doesn't go Black Friday deal for it, which sounds like too soon, but Ubisoft has done that where they release, release Assassin's Creed or like Watch Dogs Legion last year. Mm-hmm. And then like a few weeks later, it's already like half the price because of Black Friday. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Anything else that you played or was that like it? That's it. Okay. Um, so I'm at this point at a hundred hours in Persona 5 Royal. Uh-huh. From what I understand, I'm close to like the base game end, which is like probably like two more like serious bosses and then I'm done. But because I'm playing the, the Royal edition, which is kind of like the, like deluxe kind of like with the DLC sort of packed in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The true ending of the game is like still like another like 30 or so hours away. But I'm almost there, Johnny. I'm almost there. I'm at 100 hours. 100 hours in like 40 minutes. 
I'm not gonna talk to him about too much because I want to leave some for like later on. But I about halfway through the game is when I realized like this is something special because like for me this game is up there with like one of the best games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. And I thought like it was exaggerated. I thought it was like overhyped. I thought like no, like this is tedious and like whatever. But like now that I made it to this point, like every day after work, I'm like I can't wait to go home to play Persona Five because it's just it's got me sucked in. The story, the characters are so so good, Johnny. But I'm gonna leave it there because I don't want to talk about it too much because I know I'm gonna talk about it when I beat it probably next week. So okay, I'll save off on my final impressions. But so far, I feel like this is gonna be like go, it's gonna go down in one of like the all time greats for me. No way. Yes, there's a reason why this game has like tens, and I'm I'm starting to. I'm I'm realizing why now. So, anyways, I'll say that for later. Johnny, I've been playing another game. I played one other game throughout the entire past weekend besides Persona. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a guess at what that game could be? Hint: It is a game that just came out last week. Give me a clue. It's not Riders Republic. Just give me a clue. All right, your clue is Wahoo. Wait, Mario? Mario what, Johnny? Mario what? Mario, I don't know, Sunshine, I don't know. No, there's already a Sunshine. Mario Party Superstars, Johnny. I was going to ask you that because there was a, a little tangent, but... That's unrelated. Okay. You're talking about the N64 stuff. I have not played the N64 on the Switch, so I cannot give you any honest feedback about that. Okay. But Mario Party did start off on the N64, so mm-hmm. good job with that tangent. I've been playing Mario party superstars uh ever since friday when it came out uh up until yesterday which was sunday when yeah uh i play with a few friends uh over uh online because this game even though mario i mean i'm sorry even though nintendo has a track record of horrible online implementation Mm -hmm. the online for mario party superstars is so good it is surprising how good it is i think i experienced lag like twice over the weekend is it good or is it just it just it hits an it install suck. it hits an it's good it's good okay are you talking about the internet or mario party well there are issues with with, with oh the, the online it just doesn't it just does not suck all right but the mario party itself is really really good uh i was playing the i was playing it with a couple of friends on another podcast on uh their name their backlog banter that's the name of their podcast they talk about movies and games they talk mostly about movies but they also play games uh so i i, I played with some of them over the weekend we did like two sessions which was about probably like about a little under four hours of mario party back to back uh it's so good Johnny. it's like the it's the first few all the boards are from the first like four mario party games mm-hmm. which are three of them were on n64 one was on gamecube um all the mini games are the best mini games of every mario party since then mm-hmm. so you're getting a mixture of like classic favorites and with some of the newer stuff no new mini games were made for the game all the games all the mini games in the game are from past mario party so there's nothing new about that but it does have that quality of life improvements. So like there's the old boards, the old classic ones from the N64 days. But now they've been kind of like updated with like newer stuff where like uh, there's like new spaces like where you get like a random item. There's like a shop on the board for you to buy items during the game. So you can like uh, like steal other players items or like you can. Um, what's the other one thing of where you can call you can move the star on the board to somewhere else where you don't want it to be. 
stuff like that. Um, it's just it's just classic Mario Party fun, but with now with finally integrated online, which is what we've been wanting for like years at this point, and it's like actually like really stable. I've had lag a couple of times, and even then, it was only during like the practice mini games, not the actual mini games, but during the practice sessions. So not too bad. The you have like ten playable characters, which is great because other past Mario Party games have been kind of like limited with the amount of characters you have. Ten, it doesn't sound that great, mm-hmm. especially when you consider like Mar- like Smash Brothers. <laughs> but for a Mario Party game, it's decent. It's decent. Um. The game looks beautiful. Like everything looks super. It's like you're taking old boards, but like super high res details. Uh, there is some complaints. Like some people have complained that uh, the game gives you way too many coins. Like buying stars is not an issue. Like where it used to be, we're like, oh, you were always struggling to have enough coins. Now it's like everything you do gets you coins. Moving gets you coins. Losing mini games sometimes give you coins even if you lose. Like the game is very liberal with its coin. You know policy generosity mm-hmm. and so some people think like the game is a little too easy or like there's way too much like stuff for you to get it makes the game very random and very chaotic but i think mario party is at its best when you don't know what's going to happen the next turn because there's like so many factors in play mm-hmm. so some people hate the randomness of mario party where you can go from like w- first place to fourth in one turn but i think honestly that's what makes it really fun the chaos factor mm-hmm. so I played. Uh, I played with uh, uh, some friends. I played with uh, another friend of mine who he was a uh, uh, shout out to Alan Busby. Not sure if he listens, but he's a he's a streamer who I, I played a little bit with. Um, uh, I played against a computer the, like the first day. The first day I was able to play it on Friday. I played it uh, because it wasn't available until like nine o'clock because of on, you know, the U.S. with the East Coast and West Coast stuff. So. Uh, I played it really late on Friday against the computer, and I had a good time. So uh, Mario Party's back, Johnny. Maybe we can play some Mario Party. It's, even with the Switch, there's two of us, two controllers, two Joy-Cons. Should be a fun time. Um, so yeah, play lots of Mario Party. I will continue to play more Mario Party. And that's about it. Aside from... Am I forgetting anything else? I talked about Metal Slug last week, right? What do you mean that you played it? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I remember now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of it. Um, We're not going to have time for the, the pitch today, guys, because we're recording kind of late, and I got to go home soon. So, I think that's kind of it for now today, Johnny. We're at about a little bit past an hour and a half, which is a good point to stop, I think. Yeah. Do you have any last things to say before we decide to end it? No, good. You covered it all. You're good. Yeah, you're good. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can at the DualSense Podcast at Yahoo.com. That's our email link. I'm sorry, that's our email address, DualSense Podcast at Yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter, which is DualSense P, because it could not fit the whole name. So DualSense P on Twitter. Um, I think that's about it. I can't think of much else. I'm actually really tired right now because I gotta go to sleep soon. <laughs> huh? It, just it did me. just hit me, yeah. When we took the break and I came back and I was like, oh man, I feel kind of tired. Yeah, it hit me like that last week. Yeah, so I think we actually covered enough stuff. I think we're good on everything. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for continuing to uh, listen to us, to be get, provide us with your listenership. We appreciate it. Things are going pretty well for us on the podcast. And um, I'm looking forward to talking more about the stuff, especially as we, end the, as we near the end of the year. 
uh, probably not next week, but towards the the week before Thanksgiving, uh, I'll want to set aside some time to talk about like the Black Friday deals because there will be some by then. I think probably next month, December, we'll probably start talking about like our like kind of game of the year predictions with the uh, game awards approaching. And well, I'm sure there's gonna be more because this was a shitty state of play. So there's no way they're gonna end the year this way. You think we're gonna squeeze in another one? For sure, maybe two more. Two more state of plays before the end of this year? Yeah, we had one last month, right? And this month. Did we have one last month? Oh, the big one. You're right. You're right. So it's not like unprecedented. No, that was in September. Oh, okay, well, now it's. That would have been last month how we recorded last week. But okay. the point is, they're not going out with that shitty state of play. Okay. We'll see about that, Johnny. We'll see. We have two more months to find. I, I'm inclined to believe we'll get at least once. I think December. Not Two a, not seems pushing it. Two seems pushing it. One is likely, though. Uh, we'll see, though, Johnny. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, just tune in next week, and we'll catch you guys later. Goodbye. Peace. A robo-hoe.